Hi, welcome to an episode of Fill Me In. I'm Kirk Liddell. And I'm Carl Danielson. And we're about to engage you and ourselves in meaningful, delightful, informative conversation about the theater and music and music theater from two people. Two very different people. Yes. Um, I'm a black kid from the, the Midwest. And I'm a 59-year-old white dude from California. I love that you said black kid. What? <laughs> this is Fill Me In. Welcome back to another episode of Fill Me In. Carl, do you want to introduce our incredible guest for today? Oh my God. We have here in the studio, Mr. Andre Stith, who, well, he's a magnificent singer, actor, performer, but he's also on the cutting edge of post-pandemic art. And you're here, Andre, because we want to know all. We want you to fill us in about your life, your background, and how you've gotten to this amazing place that that you are at. Uh, we, our, uh, our new tradition is to start each episode with a little feature we call Moved, things that have moved us during the week. Do you have something that moved you this week? Oh, yeah. yeah I was just talking to a good collaborator and friend, Tara Parlo Studio. Uh, first, I should say thank you for having me on the podcast. I'm just really uh, like I arrive as a happy man. Just thrilled to be here. Uh, Kirk has participated in some of my programming in the past with Love City Arts. And then Carl is the musical director of my heart. Um, <laughs> Period. That's the best way to describe him. Wow. That's how I feel about him. Like he he Carl. I mean, <laughs> Let me just start by saying, Carl is a dream come true. I'll talk about what moves me. Carl moved me. I'll, yes. talk, about, I'll, I'll talk about what moves I'm me. I'm the subject of move this week. <laughs> I'll, I'll talk about what moved me this week, because uh, I know what moved me this week, but I want to talk about what, what's moved me to this moment. Uh, the person who's moved me to this moment is Carl J. Danielson, um, who a friend, a mutual friend of ours said unto me, none other than the Mariah Sade Ralph, Nice. Fabulous black woman, black uh, girl magic. She diva. said to me, diva. Diva she goddess. Said, she, I mean, all the things. She said to me on a couch, uh, rolling uh, some wonderful lettuce. Uh, we were mid-roll of, of, of the lettuce wrap, if you will. Uh, and she said, you know what? You got to meet Carl. I said, who? And she said it with the same tone of, like, you got to meet Jesus. Like, have you met Jesus? (laughs) (laughs) Have you you met our Lord? (laughs) Have you met our Lord and Savior, Jesus Carl Christ? I said, no, child. But I will, what can I do to be saved? And so she connected the dots. And Carl, he, he says he doesn't remember this, but Carl did something for me that that had not happened a lot it happened from like romantic partners yeah i do believe in being wined and dined you know you, you know it's it's cheaper to keep her right um so i do i do believe in that kind of magic and romance where people are paying for dinners and you know just spoiling people but it had been a long time in in you know in in those years since i had been asked to go and sit at a at a show you know with with uh you know a creative mind like carl j danielson 
And I took the the invite and took the meeting and we sat there and we just had a blast watching other people do their art. I said, this is a man after my own heart because he's able to take his craft seriously, but also really appreciate the artistry in others. And so that's what lands me here on Fill Me In because Carl is a giver. Um, and when you are a giver, you know a giver. Mr. Rogers said something so powerful. He said, in the middle of a crisis, look for the helpers. When I, don't look for the people who are the naysayers, the people that are, you know, talking about the slap heard all over the world. Like, don't focus on the slap, baby. Uh, slap, like, like, focus on on the love and the help and the aid. Uh, we also saw in that moment the wonderful, incomparable Denzel step up. We saw mm -hmm. Tyler Perry in his kingdom show up. There were so many helpers in the space at the same time of crisis. And so anyway, to the helpers like Carl, uh, I salute you. He is the musical director of my dream. The last thing I'll say about Carl, because y'all know I'm producing a whole feature series over on my property. It's about Carl J. Danielson and his album, Theater Music. Huh? Well, our people don't know that, so we can get to that. Yes. Okay, we'll talk about that in a, in a second. Yeah, I love Carl because, just like Jesus, <laughs> because he first loved me. Hallelujah. <laughs> God is good all the time. And so, and all the time, God is good. Hold on now. Hold on, Saints. You better, you better complete. Wait, wait. You struggle too quite fast. We got to get it all in. Got to get it all in. Woo, woo. I know the cost of the oil in my alabaster box. That's all I got to say. <laughs> I'm not sure I understand, but I appreciate all the sentiment. We'll, we'll, we'll teach you later about the alabaster box. It's not as dirty as it sounds. <laughs> Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, Too okay. much. So anyway, I came to New York with three dreams. I wanted to be a union actor, not because union actors are better than anybody. We know that's not the case. Amen. We know, what we, we know that, that there's love and beauty of art in all kinds of packages, shapes, and forms. And I've learned that from Carl a lot, just to behold the beauty of the art, not just the technical elements and the boxes we can check, but... I did want to be union because there's a protection that I seek to give artists in my work and in my care um, that I wanted to see for myself. And we all know I preach this sermon every day on my live streams. I do live streams every day for people all over the world, Reddit, Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, you name it, Andre and the flow. Um, I'm flowing towards this idea where we're all just safe in beloved creative community um, where we just belong to each other and for each other in our creative process um there's no pushing or pulling there's this wonderful thing that one of my new teachers jim Rohn, uh may he rest in peace has been saying through youtube university you know you may not want to follow me because i may not lead and you may not want to lead me because i may not follow mm. uh, but just sit beside me as a friend and just be with me and then I add on the part and see what magic we can cook up together. There's a simplicity in not needing to have your Instagram followers up or your TikTok numbers up. Like all of that is the leading and following paradigm that we know. You know, I shake my titties just as good as the next bitch on the block, okay? We know what we got to do in the showbiz that is the biz. And we can't get so caught up in it because you may not want, if I'm having a day, and I was featured in, uh, speaking of union, I was featured in a, a union release in their magazine about mental health and actors. 
we have to talk about this today. Mm-hmm. We have to talk about these monsters under our bed. Some of them paper tigers, but they are monsters under our bed because, and they growl very loudly. Okay. Um, because they say things like, you know, being an artist was hard before everything went to shit. Hmm. And now you're asking me to be even more vulnerable than I was before we even started. See, let's talk about it, beloveds. Let's talk, let's let's get into it. Let's get into the sauce of the matter. The fact that we were already vulnerable and exposed to our emotional selves before. We were already under-medicated before this ashy motherfucker called coronavirus came in here, right? And now here we are being asked to be reflective of the times, which now leads me to what is uh, moving me this week. An artist reflects the times. And so what I saw this week uh, on the tail end of an award show that went so well in the ratings, but so bad in public opinion, <laughs> let that just come on through yeah. because next year they will have more viewers than they had this year because yeah. we're waiting for WWE part two, right? <laughs> <laughs> I digress. My thought, my thought. Uh help me help me. Oh moved. What moved you? I, I moved because on the tail end of all of the Oscar razzle dazzle, there's a a fake or a parody uh uh awards show called the Razzies. And who they were gonna reward this year was none other than Bruce Willis for having all of his horrible, you know, movies. It's a, it's kind of like the opposite of, you don't want to win the Razzies because that means you tanked all your movies. What we discovered through all, through this uh, headline was that he has a degenerative uh, neurological, neurological disease that's been causing him to decline on set for many years now in public. And people have had to hold that sadness of watching an artist die in front of them. I'm very moved, Carl and Kirk, by the idea that there's limited time on the art we have. Mm. It is that tick, tick, boom anointing. Okay? Yes. you, I'm not going to go there right now, but you were talking about a spiritual experience. Yeah. When that wall came down on Sunday in Tick, Tick, Boom on Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> it is what, it's that Tick, Tick, Boom kind of stuff. I've been shaken to my core in my artistry by this idea that Jonathan Larson didn't even see the thing go up. And now I'm in the middle of my journey Mm -hmm. until the show goes dark. Right. (laughs) And the show is me. And I'm the star as you're the star of the Kirk show and you're the star of the Carl show. And I'm very moved by, I'm moved by the care of the people around him to try to preserve his art for as long as they did dangerous mm-hmm. ass conditions child he was misfiring guns and everything he's also a white man 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm just here to tell the truth, folks. It doesn't make me popular in these streets, but 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 then there's the care, right? There, there's right. the care of them, and there's the care of them trying to hold. We know what it's like when we tap into our mighty I am presence of this art. Sure. When that, when that, I talked about it last night on my uh, live stream. When that kundal, when that kundalini energy, that just makes your you know, if you're, if you're doing it the right way, some of them high notes feel like orgasms. You know, you just tapped into that like hair raising kind of, ah, yes, Lord, you heard my cry. Um, and that's what we have in this moment until we won't have it. And I was very moved by the witnessing of someone being told you can't have it anymore. And knowing that inevitably, whether in the timing that I'd like it to happen, or by some catastrophe, my day is coming too. So I need to be on Fill Me In podcast. I need to release a song in the middle of the night, <laughs> like I did last night. Um, and I need to be as present to love. Yeah. I love that. Beautiful. Do you have one um, there, Kirk? Do you want me to go? Yeah. No, I can go. I can go. Um, so Andre, you don't know this, but Carl and I have talked about this on previous episodes as well. I have been in class. I've been in a growing studio class in the last couple of weeks. Um, just, and it, it's been so nice to just like get back kind of up on my feet and, uh, performing for people and being in the room with like-minded people and artists who want to be creating things right now. Mm-hmm. And so after my last class or in the middle of my last class, <clears throat> This kid get, who had who's in the class got up to talk, and I found out. Um, we all we all found out how old he actually is. He was only, he's only nineteen, which is like jarring because like who is nineteen living in New York City? Like that seems oh. like mm-hmm. I'm like how do you how do you function here? That's not fair. But so we go out to after to um we go out to like have drinks and like hang out. He did not drink. He had a Coca Cola. Promise. Um, but we were talking and I was like, so what brought you to New York? Like, how did you get here? What is your like, all your like goal? Like, what are you doing? And he very honestly was like, well, my parents and I had a lovely conversation. Uh, he was like, I graduated in 2020 and, um, my parents and I had a conversation about like, do I need to go to college or can I just try this New York city thing? Can I just like move and, uh, see what happens and he's like i have been taking master classes during the pandemic and every person i ever talked to was like yeah school really didn't affect me it didn't really change anything for me blah 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 so he was like so he's like well maybe we'll give it a shot so his parents are um paying for him to live in the city with what they would have used for his college tuition over the next four years for Mm -hmm. him to like create and grow Mm -hmm. and watching him kind of just take it all in like he he was there were several moments when he was like i actually really don't know a lot um but i'm excited to just kind of be able to be in the presence and learn and and grow from the people around me it's so exciting and it really was like touching because i don't know the last time that i did that mm-hmm. that i just let myself kind of sit in the presence of people and learn and so i was like really starting to take note of him for the rest of the class and like what he was gleaming and how much he had grew in the in the five sessions and whatnot and being like that is really exciting um and i'm hoping and to attempt to bring a little bit back a little bit of that back into my life 
like who, like being 19 when I just had really found theater and it was just exciting to sing a song. Didn't matter what the song was. Mm-hmm. Didn't matter what who I was talking to. Like the fact that I got to do it was important. And I think I've lost a little bit of that. Um, and seeing and getting to talk to Ian was like really exciting and mm-hmm. super moving. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dr. Brene Brown and uh, her work around vulnerability and shame. Um, she's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, well-watched TED Talk on good old YouTube University for free 99 for those listening. Knowledge is power and it's free. Um, But she talks about how play, um, which I think is so intricately woven into how I was formed as an artist. I tell people all the time, my first audiences were not uh, TikTok followers or Instagram followers. They were stuffed animal sheep and dogs and ponies on couches, right? Um, mm. Singing into pencils and hairbrushes, um, you know, uh, and doing all of these performances for empty chairs and empty tables. Empty tables. Okay. Come on now. Ah, shit! I feel it again in the room. <laughs> and so, you know, like... If I ter- if I return to that um, full abandoned fun, if I step into that, um, I'm going to be okay. Um, yeah. The reason why we don't have the confidence of a 19 year old moving into New York City anymore, I think, is anchored in uh, our relationship to this cruel, cruel thing um, that is a lie called rejection. It, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's such an insidious thing that we only need a little pinch of it from someone else to then amplify it onto ourselves. Uh, that's why I'm taking the people in my community actively through what we're calling the rejection therapy challenge, where we're going out of our way to actually be rejected more in life Mm -hmm. um, by lovers and performance opportunities and you name it. Um, because, Life is for the living. And if you're not putting yourself in a position to be told a no, you're not ready for your yes. And what I love about that story that you shared is that these parents are giving their child a wonderful opportunity to experience the yeses and nos of life Mm -hmm. and to not be afraid of it in the ways we've been uh, formed to be. Yeah. Um, Through audition processes and through... Um, the way in which life is kind of making us our own individual brands. Yes. And so we're always compa- comparing our metrics uh, in a in a climate, in a country of broke millionaires, you know? <laughs> um, and, and so, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's such an interesting thing going on right now. Um, but what I heard also in that story is uh, an energy of exploration uh, and freedom. Yep. Um, which is accessible to all of us, regardless of our socioeconomic status, right? Um, we're Amen. able to touch freedom uh, yeah. right now. Um, one of my spiritual teachers, really, really woo-woo, um, for you say people that listen, uh, Abraham Hicks talks about being so free in our lives that we can actively choose bondage. Like we're, we're just that free. We're so free in our experience as humans, particularly us, you know, privileged Americans and what have you. We're so, yeah, we're so free that we could actually choose to give up on our dream. And no one would, and and we're so free that 
as long as you're still making the rent payment, no one really is bothered by it. Mm-hmm. You're just that free that, you know, I, I walked away from uh, music. Now imagine being a healthy, self loving motherfucker who can sing his ass off like me. Imagine that and having your only singing gig for the three and a half years that you're married to your ex-husband be the golden corral in town. I'll say it one more time for the people up in the high mezzanine. Imagine being a sexy motherfucker shaking that ass, shaking that ass like me in the world. Brilliant voice, brilliant face, brilliant ass imagine having all of this um and your only gig for three and a half years is the golden corral by the stale chicken and the rump roast in jackson tennessee that's a choice mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and it's a choice uh <laughs> mm. It's a choice that's deliberately made when you choose Mm -hmm. the opinions of others Mm -hmm. over the opinions of yourself. Last thing I'll say, and it sounds like this kid is uh, on uh, his way to stardom. Mm -hmm. Um, Life just wants us to chill. And we've gotten ourselves worked up into all of the capitalism of it all. And, and the chasing of it all that we've forgotten the exploration, the exploration and the fun. It's sad. It's sad. It's part sad. part of my work uh, and part of Carl and I's work because I co-opt him into all my shit. Um, we're going to set the captives free in that I did, um, and this is a perfect time to talk about it. I did uh, a series, by series, I mean like three, two to three years worth of monthly concerts in the West Village at uh, St. John's Church. Oh. Um, and I call them healing gatherings. They won't be called that anymore because people are really kind of avoidant of healing journeys <laughs> um, for their for whatever reason. I'm not. I, I'm trying to, you know, be better and do better. But I won't call them that anymore. But they were these evenings of just song and dance with adults. Just and I'm gonna put clips up of, of it. I'm gonna put clips up of it soon. Um, but it. Uh, this kind of joy building and joy create curation um, and joy creation is what I'm all about going forward. Uh, it'll look like more of the people's cabarets. Here's looking at you two kids. Um, it looks, it's looking like your friends coming to the people's readings. Um, I see in the community a huge need for, ongoing inspiration in the face of what we're all facing yeah there are people under the sound of my voice and i'm talking to you person yes you who me yes you your your energy and your gifts are decaying and going into atrophy 
Um, and I see it for you because I see it for myself. We're making deliberate choices right now about how we want to show up going forward in our artistry in the world. I pointed earlier to the fact that the artist of us should be reflecting the times. And what I want to reflect is hope, love, and redemption of what the fuck we just lost. We lost people. We lost time. We, 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 and I'm using loss loosely because y'all know I'm woo woo. There ain't no lost in an abundant universe, right? You know, so let's keep it on the ground. But we also went through collective trauma and pain. I think the artists who want to sing out for love and want to sing out for joy and want to sing out for hope and want to dance in public in spaces uh, unabashedly, I think that's going to be a, a, a fountain. Uh, in this desert of our experience. Andre, don't you believe you have been transformed for the better as a result of all of it? You personally. Look at how much more active and inspired you are now. Even when I met you three years ago, which we were active and inspired enough, but and now you're spreading this to other people. She, and by she, I'm personifying coronavirus. <laughs> He put both arms behind me mm. and slammed my faith to the glass. And mm. she said, look what's yeah. over there right. if you don't break this glass. <laughs> I mean, it's just really that simple. I watched, an, and, and you know, we got to stop with this. I know there's lots of books written about it. Um, we got to stop this magical thinking. What Carl is saying is very, very true. I'm not the same person that he met three years ago. My drive is different. I'm waking up and looking at life as it's happening. And what I saw happen in the house was our brother, Carl's brother, Kirk's brother, my brother. I saw George Floyd mm. underfoot to death. I also saw a black man named an ancestor we call Botham John get shot in the house while eating a bowl of vanilla ice cream. I said, wait one damn minute. <laughs> and I could go down the list. If I could be a black man running through the streets and get gunned down, if I can come out of a, a bodega, uh, if I can, we, we know all of the ways in which I can go in this ashy motherfucker called the so-called United States of America, right? We know how this could move for me. You hear Popo coming right now on the track. Oh, <laughs> Right? So, so we know what it is. So what it did, it put me deeper into the tick, tick, boom. It made me say, if they can come in here and just get me out, come and get me correct, motherfuckers. I got cameras everywhere and the bitches booby trapped, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I got cameras everywhere. Okay, I should have stock in nests. <laughs> um, but anyway, I digress. Because of that, if you really take your life seriously, I'm not saying take it too seriously, seriously. Yeah, but yeah. you take it for what it is, and you recognize your position. And why people have these same kind of problems? Because if you, Carl, don't get your juice out of your chest it will be to the detriment of you and that's why i invest in the joy and love 
and the encouragement, equipment, and empowerment of everybody. Uh, because when we're dancing in the rain, and right. that's okay, right? Yeah, yeah, and, that, and that's a pitch for Carl <laughs> and his amazing artistry. But if I'm dancing in the rain, um, in post pandemic times, it needs to be with people who are of this elevated consciousness, people who see the glass as half full, the people who understand what Carl has been. Carl has been plunging me deeper, deeper into this well of thought for many years now, 300 years. Um, this idea that we can, the reason why my 24 seven radio station and my 24 seven uh, television station exist is because Carl, as my mentor, who was mentored uh, on paper by so many greats, um, he said, build your own stage. Yeah. Carl challenged me in a way that I, Carl challenges me in a lot of ways um, <laughs> um, that are all loving and, and wonderful. Like, neither <laughs> We're, we're, we're Ken. And, and he, he said, he saw me as a brother lamenting about the life that I have been living or that I had been living and that I was very, very agitated by the fact that I was having to go in to a room of no less than 15 non-melanated people to go up for the role of Lola and them question my blackness. You know, it's like the nerve of you, the nerve, the caucosity of it all. I'm not doing this with you today. I'm yep. not doing this anymore because my stories, we're not talking about the project that Carl and I are working on because I want to present it to the artist that's woven into it and she doesn't even know it yet. Um, there are things in my heart that when properly manifested, when they become properly manifested in front of my audience, it's going to shake the foundation of the world. Yeah. And Carl loved me enough to say, stop chasing that carrot and start tilling your own garden. Mm -hmm. Because your garden has rich soil. And, and let me just be very, very clear for people, you know, because there's a crowd of people out there and I know who you are. You think, oh, Andre is so full of himself. He's so <laughs> arrogant, what have you. No, 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 no. Andre is not a motherfucking unicorn. I'm talking about the magic in all of us. Right, right. That, that the soil of our lives, I could cry about this because you ashes beat me down and carl remember that time i called you in the pandemic in tears because of the way people were bullying me on clubhouse yep never again good we we are of the light we recognize the abundance of the soil in our own backyards and carl said if you till it if you till that if you till that if you become a good steward of the gifts you have, beloved, you, Kirk, you, Carl, if you really water that seed and you give it some sun, you'll be in a place like I was last night on Clubhouse where someone from India said, where have you been all yeah. of my life? I'll tune in every time you're on. We have been tricked 
yep. into yep. believing that the algorithm yep. is everything to our magic. Wake up, folks. Yeah. Wake up, beloveds. Now is the time to realize that all of the magic, you can't see me doing the clawing thing in the air, people that are listening on the podcast. All of this magic is in our hands. Uh, last thing I'll say while landing this particular plane is that I want to impress in, in, my, in my musical work, in my ministry work, uh, in my coaching practice, uh, in, in my in all of my life, I, I I want people to really recognize something that I'm just that I'm personally discovering to be true um, day by day. The magic of our lives is in the air. <laughs> and I know for a lot of people it's like, what is he talking about? I want to smoke what he smokes. <laughs> no. It is literally in the air. Love is in the air, always asking to rendezvous with you. The question is, are you alive and awake and aware enough to see it in front of your face? Do you want to see it? What are you looking at? Yeah. What, what is the object of your obsession? Like what? What are you? Are you obsessed with the slap, or are you obsessed with becoming better today than you were yesterday? Yeah. yeah. And it's just all about, you know, those of us who are doing the work. Kirk, you couldn't be you without doing some level of soul work and heart work. And Carl, oh, I already know yes. how you, I already know how you zen and yeah. namaste and stand on your head and start yourself <laughs> into a pretzel and all that stuff. This, this is, this is the work of what it means to be a fully inhabited artist where we're not y'all you have no clue beyond the fact that I'm telling you how many days I stood in green rooms or in rooms on cruise ships or in the wings of spaces really, really feeling like at any moment they're going to fire me. Um, that somehow if I fell out of a turn or if I fell off a note too many times or if I went up for the infamous Deo story that I always tell, I had a whole cast of people just tease me brutally about my placement on Daylight Come and Me Won't Go Home. As if as if the music came from their people in the first fucking place. We got really, like, it's a lot of, 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 it's a lot of noise, right, around mm -hmm. the fact that we just simply want to sing in front of our stuffed animals. And depending on how late the showing is of the show, the people in the front row sometimes are stuffed animals anyway. <laughs> Have you ever sung for a crowd that just drooled while you were just playing? Yes. Well, you know? yes, yes. So. Andre, when you were talking about Bruce Willis and, and all of that, yeah. I, I, I've been obsessed since Mr. Sondheim's death. And I grew up like and there was a point where I'd had enough. Not that I don't love his work, but it was like, okay, uh, but then with his death, I've been focusing in on it and reading. I've just read the Meryl Seacrest uh, biography, which he recommends. It's the only authorized one. It's amazing. And you look at it and you go, okay, talk about privilege. I mean, not only the privilege of being white, but the privilege of having Oscar Hammerstein and all these people come into his life. But he had enormous amounts of obstacles set in his way. 
And when I consider the fact that he lived the last 30 years of his life hardly producing anything because of this negativity, he got to certain shows. I mean, we got some great shows after Merrily We Roll On because people were ready to eat him up. And we all pray, uh, we all fall prey to that, all this negativity out there. And it is hard to put up your hands and say, okay, I'm going to listen to any of that. I'm just going to keep going forward and be like this, this 19 year old and our, and our uh, guest last week, um, Brittany Nicole Williams, who was the, she's on the uh, first national of prom and the first black Emma, which is the, which is the younger lead. Uh, she also did high school and, and came to New York. So I think more and more people are, are hearing, um, are hearing this message of, oh my God, we got to do what we need to do. We got to get it out there mm-hmm. in the world. Um, and that's an odd segue into my, uh, my moved, but there is a, there is a, there is a connection. I saw a play a week ago called French, uh, prayer for a French Republic which has closed. I saw the, the, the penultimate performance uh, by Joshua Harmon, who also wrote Significant Other and uh, Bad Jews. But what moved me about this play, it's a play about prejudice and his lens is Jewish and it was a largely Jewish audience. And it was, a, it was one of those long plays where you don't notice any time. There were two intermissions and no, we were so emotionally invested. But the climax of the play was the young Jew who wanted to wear his yarmulke and he wanted to be seen, realizing that he could no longer exist in the society that he was in. And he needed to leave it to, to protect himself. But the tears that he shed and we all shed with him about not wanting to carry the hate that one feels towards the ocean of negativity that we have, <laughs> they're both nodding their faces in such understanding. And there we all were with that. And that's basically what you're saying. How do we turn, stop that and just go forward? And you're the master at it, Andre. Would you speak, I know so little of where you came from. Would you just fill us in some early bio to how you got to where you are, please? Well, there was a there was a dark skinned black man around five foot ten named Junie. They called him Junie. How far are we going back? I mean, I, I mean, there's. I mean, I can give you the the you know, and you watching the movie, you know, I can I can give you that version of 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 the journey in that. Um, I it really kind of does go back to my mom meeting my dad in that my mom fell in love with Jesus music in the eighties um, as a, like a, like a self, like a, like a, uh, like, how do I, how do I even put this into words? Uh, I think that gospel music and faith was very comforting to her in the period of her life when she was breaking off from her very rural family and then moving into a big city with a new husband and kind of reinventing herself and her life. Which city? Um, Hmm? Which city? Richmond, Virginia is where I'm from. Okay. Yeah. So kind of, you know, yeah, below the Mason-Dixon. So I great, de- definitely grew up in the uh, in the South, and they just tore down those Confederate statues like day before yesterday. So, you know, like yep. I grew up as a black person in a very white dominant uh, society and culture. But the one thing that was decided for me before I was even born was that I would be a singer. 
Um, and this is goes to the power of intentionality. Like I don't like for the whole nine months that I was in uh, utero, um, she intended that I would uh, sing and become as great of a singer as someone called Andre Crouch. Um, and who's a famous uh, now dearly departed uh, legend in gospel music. And so she just purposed that in her heart. Uh, then out comes this kid who around three or four starts singing solos at Second Baptist Church. Um, I only knew of call and response kind of style of music education, which is how a lot of people of color in the South learn. You're, it's, uh, you know, you know, is that what you know what Kurt and I did? You know, God is good yeah. all the time, all the time. God is good. Uh, right. You that's how you learn also how to sing. This person sings a line, they, you sing the line back. It's a very communal to grow up in the African American black um blickety black uh faith traditions is is both a blessing and a curse for me. And I won't go into that that thing. That's for the book. Um but it's it's just it, it's a very interesting, a very um, interesting nexus of, of of beauty and terror um, at the same damn time. But uh, yeah, we just sang, you know, singing John P. Key songs in church in the Kirby Randolph uh, choir and really learning in the single digits that these, this weird compression of air through very tiny folds in my throat <laughs> Uh, can pull tears and yes, sing, baby, yes. Like it, you can really move people with your art. Any of us and all of us, we really can. Um, through this thing that I call, that we call, emotional contagion. This ability for me to make you feel sad at command is just a wonderful thing that happens in our wizard, you know, kingdom of Oz. You know, it's magic. This thing that we do, it's truly sorcery. Um, if you think about the source that we come from and how we transmute that energy into the world, it was we are. We, where, where's my hat? You know, just give it to me already. And I want my Leviosa because that's what we did. I did Leviosa before those kids were even born to deaconesses and trustees and uh, people swaying in pews at Second Baptist Church on East Pilkington Street in Richmond, Virginia. What is Leviosa? It's Leviosa. a reference. <laughs> He's See, making a joke. This is how we feel when you start talking about Pavlovlov and, and the vibe <laughs> <laughs> werewolves and all of that shit like what yeah exactly see just dessert so anyway, yeah I, I learned this magic there and then i met this wonderful woman named susan brown and this was at green elementary school she uh she taught me quarter notes and half notes mm. and whole notes and that fermatas have so much space in them that as long as life takes, is it, and Carl knows how I love a good just drop and let me just chandelier. We love a fermata. And Susan Brown taught me that. 
and the, and the groups of the instruments like that that the strings are strings and percussions a percussion and that oh my god like piano's a percussion yeah because you're actually you know percussing on her and it's just it's just a wonderful thing that she introduced me to and then I learned two part harmony that I picked up the recorder that I became a, a, a classical flutist so that's kind of what informs the music so you'll now hear Carl in my musicality that there's often kind of like a pushing and pulling of the timbre of a flute because of the right. because of where I'm of how I had to push sure. and pull, you know. If you if you're if you're a wind person, you'll know about pushing and pulling air into yep. different places, and sometimes it's just the pressure of the air that flips the whole octave. And so, if you if you pay attention to uh, how much I love Patti LaBelle and how much I love uh, uh, woodwinds um, or wind instruments, uh, then it all makes sense. Anyway, I learned how to read music in the third, fourth, fifth grade, then went on to compete nationally in it, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. Um, and so singing was kind of a back burner thing. I did band pretty much exclusively all the way until high school. And then in high school, I went to a, you know, Hogwarts school for kids, like a, like a professor X kind of gifted and talented program kind of thing. It probably saved my life because I was very, very gay and very, very churchy. And if I had not have been like if I had not, and I'm just saying this in a place of self-love, if I had not have had the intelligence I had to get out of the environments that I was in, I would have fallen through the cracks that so many young black men and black people fall through because of a lack of water and sun that we were talking about earlier. But because I was kind of extricated out of that environment, lifted out of uh, my people and everything, um, which is, you know, <laughs> if you've ever been a token black you'll know exactly mm. what I'm talking about right now. It's really weird to be um, in both spaces simultaneously because you're not black enough or you're not white enough. And even to this day, people are still like, why do you sound like that when you sing? And I'm like, it's a code switch. <laughs> I can be all of these things um, because black people are not a monolith, but that's a different podcast. Yeah. And um, anyway, high school, because I'm in this school, Carl, I and, and Kirk, I get to because Kirk and I will just crack up and I will never answer. Uh, and that's when I started seeing it was about that middle school period where I started to see the overlap between classical music and the gospel sound, which is kind of where I live. I live in this space where I'm like flipping children's will listen like on its head, even with Carl's music. Like, I'm like I'll like Carl will send something over and I'm like. Uh, at the end of what's called what's coming to mind right now is um i needed those tears you know like i'm like i just want to wail at the end man just give me that vermont energy um that's something that i learned kind of you know mixing the classical with mm -hmm. uh with church world music and things like that in that formative time of my life fast forward um all district choir competitions and participating all state participating somewhere in there carl i'm also at seven years old uh the token singer black boy for the whole republican party of virginia and i'm traveling all over the state um on the state's dime to sing patriotic songs all over the state uh there's a picture somewhere here in my studio of me opening the state library of virginia um as a little kid in a, in a tie um, so I've been singing professionally and working professionally for 25 years, like this like whole like time. Um, so that's happening as well. Um, then I go to Lee University, 
Um, I Where? went there. Um, that's in Cleveland, Tennessee. It's a Christian school. Um, uh, I have very expensive friends. Uh, I, I, you know, uh, Frank Sinatra said, regrets? I've had a few. But then again, too few to mention. And so that was Lee University. Um, it was good until it wasn't because they had this community covenant clause that said uh, that you can't be gay and go there. And so that took me through uh, what would be more of a lifetime of suicidal ideation and depression. I left that environment. Uh, I became a personal banker. Then I decided from becoming a personal banker that I wanted to be a flight attendant. And then from being a flight attendant, I decided that I wanted to sing for many years on cruise ships. And from singing on cruise ships, I decided that I wanted to be in love. So I married a beautiful white man. Uh, and then from that experience, I realized that sometimes love and success cannot coexist in the same space unless you're fortunate. Uh, and so I left him uh, and because I cannot just be singing in the Golden Corral, Carl, with all of this, Carl. Are you kidding me? People were literally um, in that part of my life, Carl, writing into the Red Lobster saying, that black boy, here's the accent for you. I don't do accents, but I'm going to try one right now. That black boy who sings Happy Birthday so well should be on Broadway. And I'm like, yo, is the universe taunting me right now? People can see your gifts. And you mm -hmm. can it. Why ignore them? So from uh, Jackson, Tennessee, and the Cracker Barrel and the um, Red Lobster, I can serve cheese biscuits. But I was in that Red Lobster when Whitney Houston died. May she rest in peace. We love you, Nipping. Uh, and anyway, from there, I um, moved uh, through mental breakdown um, because I realized that sometimes life and love doesn't work out the way that you want it to. And it's very painful when you choose a dream over a lover. Mm -hmm. um, you don't want to have to make that choice between your dreams and your lover. Um, it, it's just a horrible terror that I don't think I've, that I've still healed from yet because I had to choose between the two loves of my life, music and this guy who adored me. Uh, but I left his ass. <laughs> Because he and his friends uh, laughed at my vision board on the fridge. And one thing you will not do is laugh at my visions and my dreams. Carl, uh, Carl says he will only do select bougie-ass international dates on the tour. Uh, and so that's exactly what the fuck we're going to do. And I haven't even completed where, where I land. I don't even think I need to. Well, I'll, I'll land it, but let me tell you something. Do not laugh at my dreams. Do not plant a seed in this good of soil and not expect it to grow. I will do exactly what I say I will do because I am as God says I am. And the all power, all knowing, like, like higher power knows how to make those gigs happen for me. Yeah. Um, well, always has. You're right. Can you speak for our audience? And I think this is the wave of the future. Uh, that's a magnificent story. And all of those things, even the ones you regret and wish didn't happen, have yeah. made you the multifaceted, profound artist that you are. Can you talk about your journey and how, and the many different projects you have going now yeah. uh, that are supporting you? 
you, want, you just want me to talk about like what's currently spinning in the the multiverse uh metaverse of dre or or well i don't want you to just do anything i don't think you just do anything ever in your life um i think for many artists they either see oh i'm gonna be on broadway and get that two thousand dollar a week check and that's how i'll survive or nothing or it's time to to go back to what's the name of the the coral reef the golden corral sorry <laughs> i it's okay <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever want to see somebody's privilege showing? If you ever want to see, and I love Carl. Carl knows how much uh, we are. Kids but that's that like, privilege. That is like the golden corral. Sorry. Okay. I kind of know what it is, but you need okay. to stay with your chest, though. All that grease and meat up in there. You better. Co- I'll send you a link later. Go on. What, okay. what about it? So oh. I think most people don't have the imagination and the drive to figure out how to move forward in a way that's maybe not the traditional way. And you have so many ideas. Share them, please. Fill us in. Uh, Well, I think that, and this is like a shameless plug for everybody in the room. I think you have to have a coach. I think that you have to have someone in your corner that's actually rooting for you. It doesn't need to be a coach that it, that costs you $500 a headshot like they do up in here. Um, but what we're working on within our programming at Love City Island, check it out at andreforhire.com or campfireinthecloud.com, campfireinthecloud.com, campfireinthecloud.com. Check out our work because what we're trying to do is create the bridges in those liminal spaces. What I am and what source and spirit and the ancestors has been revealing to me, um, and I've been this to you and so many other um, people, Carl, I'm on ramp to your magic. Like, I recognize that your magic is massive. And so in any way that I can create online digital support or coaching support or encouragement support in order to get you to your next step in your journey, that's what I'm here to serve in those ways and doing. Um, the steps between uh, Golden Corral or the Coral Reef uh, Burger, <laughs> as Carl called it, the difference between that and Broadway, those steps are tied around what I coach people in. It's, it's tied around how you relate to your talent, your technique, and your energy. And when someone comes to me, whether they're talking to me on the subway or talking to me in a coaching process uh, or in the, you know, the free, all the free shit that happens in the love city uh, Island ecosystem. I'm wanting you to get curious. The key to get from golden corral to Broadway is to get curious about your relationship to your talent. Like what are the things in your hands that you do that you just love to do? Like when I see you twirl Carl or light up them keys, it's just something that clearly is a talent that, 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 it, it, it's it's part of your essence. It's it's uh, the calling towards it and the ease of it that it seems to be for you. It's part of that talent part. But then we can't also like talk about we can't talk about the talent without also talking about the technique under it. Like the fact that, that you're trained in studio spaces as a technical dancer and you're trained in piano spaces as a technical performer. Like there, you got to nurture that part as well. Um, the technique. So I would tell an artist, like, start talking with your inner uh, artist and your inner creative about how you feel about the talent you have. Are you in proper relationship with the talent you have? Or are you mad about the talent you have? Are you, you know, like, I don't, 
I don't hit all the notes that the Broadway dudes do. Um, but that's I have to relate to my talent and say, like, yo, girl, you don't have them notes. <laughs> You know, and and that's a relationship thing that helps you get from the Golden Corral to Broadway. Also, uh, technique. Um, I'm constantly practicing. I, I I practiced yesterday on live streams for four hours in public. I, I don't I don't want to even talk. And this sounds very very elitist, but you'll hear what I'm saying. I don't even want to talk uh, to an artist that's not actively exercising the muscle of their craft. If you say to me, if you come to me and say, yo, Dre, I want to mentor with you, Andre in the flow. I just want to get in your flow, bro. Um, I'm going to be like, oh, you say you're a singer. I expect to go to that Instagram and see singing. And for the listeners, if if you are professing to be an actor or a pianist or a accompanist or a composer, a dancer, singer, actor, if we're not, if that's not evidenced in, 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 in your life, um, uh, through practice and execution of craft, um, understanding that practice makes progress, not perfect. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Like that's a big thing too. Um, for those of you trying to claw your ways, um, a la showgirls into the the the, uh, the Broadway life, um, everything that glitters isn't gold, baby. Um, there are some really hurting people there. Um, because they don't have proper relationships with their talent, uh, with the technique, meaning how we show up in our artistry on these stages. And also the third thing that I coach people in in my process, the energy. Um, you know, this uh, one thing I know about Kirk um, from uh, our exchanges, because now I remember, I remember halfway through the podcast, uh, we've never slept together, but I remember like a former lover. Don't I know you from somewhere? <laughs> You were at Carl's Christmas show when I was first kind of sniffing around Carl. Yes. Because 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 I because Mama Ain't Raised No Fool, I can't <laughs> check out Carl at his event to see what the energy was like. Speaking of energy, before we even went um to that lunch and learn that night, uh right. Carl. Right. Uh, yeah, right. and so that's where I know you from. It's an yes. energy. Like we like we I think we were at the same tabletop. Yeah, and so, uh, yeah, I'm not one of those New Yorkers that pretends like I don't know you on the street. Um, I know you on the street, and and it is that kind of energy that you exude, that attitude of gratitude that you and Carl have. Um, this grateful for what we have and how can we amplify it and make it bigger. That's how you get from a golden corral to Broadway by believing that you're on Broadway in the golden corral come on that's the name of this episode from golden corral to broadway yes amen he lied Um, (laughs) so uh from so can you just talk a little bit in like the last couple minutes here about like all the so you go how long are you on live on a regular basis i feel like i'm always seeing you like your your circle always got the little live under on my instagram (laughs) every day every day Every day, because I believe that the love that we seek, this is a a riff on a Rumi poem, a wonderful Sufi poet. Uh, The love that we're reaching for is reaching back for us. And uh, one thing we learn uh, in the New York ecology and economy of life is that closed mouths don't get fed. Say that. Clo- I'll try to say it with a little more diction and, and a l- less suckering suckatash. <laughs> Closed mouths 
don't get fed. Um, mm -hmm. Meaning that I don't understand how any of these young artists that I mentor, and I, I mentor a lot of them, how are you going to even have your question answered if you don't ask? Well, and their, so, their voices have been rejected and repressed. They have been rejected and oppressed, but um, they have been rejected and they have been repressed. And how happy of a life do you want? Right. For you. Yep. Because as a person who's had my headshot thrown across the table with 500 others and saying, take them, it, like, you, we got to really, we got to love ourselves yep. and love our craft and love what the, whoo, child, you got me, you know where to keep the spoons. <laughs> we have to, in the words of DJ, uh, of uh, MC Deborah, if you know MC Deborah from YouTube, you got to see it for yourself. And a lot of us, this is my work, man. This is why I quit all my jobs on January 30th. I was working for Big Apple Circus and it was a. And I quit all. See, there's resonance in the room. I quit. No. I quit yes. I love I love a songstress. Um, I quit all of those jobs because um, the love of this is greater than yeah. all, than everything else. I know that we're trapped inside ourselves. I know that we're dealing with private pain. I know that there are things that, that are so deep inside of, uh, and so deep inside of us as artists right now. Um, I tell my friends all the time, I said, you know what? I'm just going to say what we used to say in the church, unspoken on my prayer need, because you're not Brittany me, bitch. Because the level of pain and torment, we're not even going to talk about comedians. Someone's like, don't swing on a comedian the way you swung on Chris Rock. Because if you know comedians for real, for real, you'll know that they are very dark in the head. A lot of them are very dark if you've hung in those performance spaces as a professional. And so, like, we have to be very, very clear about the darkness inside us and then work to the answer your question, uh, uh, Kirk. We have to work to overcome the darkness in ourselves and to make sure that the light that comes out of ourselves is a benefit to ourselves. And then I think from that full cup, it just spills over into the world. That's why I want people to come into Love City Island. That's a space, um, campfireinthecloud.com, campfireinthecloud.com, yep. campfireinthecloud.com. That's a space where I see people going into our ask offer rooms and getting their needs met. That's where I see mastermind things coming together where we just sit around and talk about like, you know, your problem, beloved, is not the fact that you don't have money. Uh, your dream is not coming. The reason why your dream is not coming true has nothing to do with money. It is your self-discipline. It, it, it's that you are telling stories when you say that you really want to be a singer, but you got one foot in the gate and one foot out. Which one is a beloved? I'm not saying quit your job. It's been very scary, and I've got many a brown paper bag around this house to hyperventilate into. But what I'm also saying is that for once in my life, I'm actively choosing me. I'm not living from uh, the effect. I'm living from the cause. 
Uh, and that that's pointing to what Carl was talking to earlier. He's like, dude, and what I heard in that energy, like, dude, you've changed. You know, a little Effie White, I'm changing kind of energy. Um, that's what we all want to have. That's what I seek to impart uh, into everybody that I encounter. Um, and I hope to just connect with everybody who's listened today on the podcast um, because this is not about me. I'm committed with receipts to making these dreams come true. I want to be in an energy and an environment where I say, yo, I'm winning. Let's win together. Uh, this updraft effect, I call it an upward yep. cyclone that's moving towards, you know, as we say in the church, glory to glory. You're moving from level to level to level. And Carl, you've been that person to me um, in so many ways. Um, uh, you've loved me in all the ways that an artist could love another artist. Yep. And uh, you and Huh? And you, me. Brother, we're in this thing. You, yep. you can't shake me now. We got tour dates to schedule. <laughs> and Kurt, you, your energy um, precedes you. Yep. You're one of those nice theater people that I aspire to be like when I grow up. Um, because, because you move with the kindness first. Um, we know this business and we know how everybody moves. They're great. They're, you know, they're, I'm a little on the other end. I'm a little more prickly parish in my approach to the business, uh, and things like that. Um, but your openness of heart, uh, and your openness of spirit and your lightness of spirit is something that I've admired about you from the moment that I saw you at the high top to this present conversation. It's, it's consistent. It's a consistent wanting people to feel joy in your presence and uplifted by you. And it's what makes the best artists, the best artists, because they're rooting for you as you're encouraging other people. So I just, I'm so grateful. I vouch for that too. Thank you so much, Andre. Oh, truly, this has been a blast. Honestly, you took me to church. I didn't. I didn't get to go to service today. So this was. This will. This will do. This will do. I'm a street preacher. <laughs> and you took me to shul. So excellent. Yeah. <laughs> Shalom. 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 Um. So, uh, I think we have reached the end of another fill me in episode. Um, Andre, where can people find you on all of the social media? Oh, I would love to connect with people over on, I've got four properties going, uh, and they all lead towards love. You can catch me at andrestith.net, um, andreforhire.com, campfireinthecloud.com, and also lovecityarts.org. Um, you can always go into the internet and just throw a shoe towards Andre in the flow. If you throw a stiletto, a boot, uh, a flip-flop, a chancleta, mommy, whatever you want to throw, if you throw it in the direction of Andre in the flow, you will hit me upside my head and I'll have a hug for you. Um, so that's how it goes. Fluent in Spanish and building websites. Yeah, I should say that. Um, look, I'm tapping to a lot of spaces. I'm that geek in the dressing room that's kind of crunching spreadsheets. So if you're in the need of brochure websites, WordPress websites, uh, Squarespace websites, um, if you need to get your e email marketing and campaigns off the ground, if you need uh, design, I'm kind of a one-stop creative services studio. I've been building my own personal brand for the last uh, 12 years uh, independently and all of the skills I have to put myself in front of audiences, uh, I would give um, 
uh, for peanuts uh, to the kids as long as you keep these lights on. Yep. <laughs> yes, keep them lights on. Yeah. And well, you know where you can find us at Fill Me In The Pod, both on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Thank you, Jean-Paul Yovanoff at MusicalTheaterRadio.com. We will see you next time. Uh, Keep in touch. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the pod. We want you to fill us in. We want to use this podcast as a conversation starter to learn what you think about the different topics that we take on. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at fill me in the pod. That's fill me in the pod. Woo. And we want to give a shout out to our artist Sloan, who made the beautiful design of Kirk and my face. <laughs> and our podcast was edited by Nicholas Clark. Nicholas Clark. Till next time. Bye.